Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to So You Want to Be in Ministry. I am Tim, and uh, we are all about educating you if you're thinking about jumping in, equipping you if you're already in ministry, and encouraging you if you're thinking about jumping out. And we want to empower you to follow godly leaders well. Uh, if you aren't in ministry, you have no desire to really be in full-time ministry, but you do want to follow godly leaders that have put, put into your life. We want you uh, to be able to empower you to follow them well. And actually, today's topic, uh, sure, if you're in ministry, if you're a pastor, this is probably for you. But this is one of those things where even if you're not a pastor or a full-time like church staff member, this can be one of those things that you could get asked to do. Uh, and even referencing back to our funeral service preparation, that could be something that you get asked to do, even if you're not a pastor, just like officiating a wedding. That that anymore, you could be asked to do that as well. And so we want to walk through some of what this looks like uh, even here. And so let's get into this. I, I kind of just want to give you an overview. Uh, um, I'm going to be referencing my notes. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll definitely be looking at it, seeing me reference my notes because uh, I just want to walk you through kind of start to finish, similar to how I've done some of the other how-to videos, and just walk you through what does this look like kind of start to kind of finish. It's going to be a little bit different depending on the couple that may be getting married. Uh, and, and weddings are just, uh, they no two can, are usually the same. Like they have their own unique flavor, whether it's colors, whether it's organization, whether it's uh, whatever, uh, it, it can be have a different flavor from couple to couple and from wedding to wedding. So uh, what I would encourage you to do, where I would start is on the preparation side of things. So um, in the preparation, if you are a pastor, if you are on a church staff, what, one thing that you definitely want to know is does my church have any requirements? And some of you may be in a denomination, so maybe church and denomination. Do they have any requirements about wedding ceremonies? Like, are there certain ones I'm allowed to participate in? Is there ones I'm not? Is there like, um, uh, so one, one simple thing might be they just expect you to only do ceremonies that of church members. That could be one thing. Like, there's nothing really biblical about it. There's nothing really, that's just a stance a church could take. But you want to be aware of that before you start going, sure, I'll marry you. And then all of a sudden you find out other requirements. You're like, whoa, I can't. So know those things even before anybody should ever ask you uh, to officiate their wedding. You want to know, does the church that uh, I'm getting, I'm on staff with, that I, I'm tied to, do they have any, any requirements or even the, the denomination if that's a thing as well? Um, and then you want to kind of assess, do I have any personal preferences? So this could be scriptural. I'm not going to go into a lot of that within this video, but it could be just because of uh, ways that you view scripture. But I'm talking much more just practical things. So uh, do you expect that premarital counseling would happen before? Well, that's something you need to know walking into where you're like, sure, I would love to do your wedding. However, you need to do this. And if you're going to do premarital, you have to have an idea of how you're going to navigate that. How many sessions does it normally take? How long does it, is each session? Like, what do the weeks tend to look like? like it, so um, I tend to do somewhere between six and ten sessions. It kind of depends on the couple and how things, how well I know them and, and different things like that. But I have, a, I have a rough idea and a plan of where I'm heading with all that. And frankly, our church helps me out with that. They equip uh, me with a lot of what we walk through. So... It keeps it pretty simple, but 
Um, you want to meet with the couple, uh, no matter what, though. Like, get a feel for them. Uh, it's good to uh, understand who they are. Before I get into all of that, though, like, what's the time commitment that uh, you're expecting to give to a wedding? So, you may only have one wedding that you're doing a year, and if it takes like 10 to 15 hours of your time, so I'm including premarital counseling, I'm including uh, the actual day of, I'm including any uh, prep time that you're going into with a certain ceremony, like how to prepare it and put it together, all that stuff. If you're figuring like 10 to 15 hours, if you if you think you're only going to have like one a year, that's probably doable. If you have a church where you could be doing 10, 12, 15, 20, like you have to assess to, on a personal level, can I do all of these? And if you can't, you need to kind of help navigate where those couples need to go. There's been plenty of times where I'm, I, I, I may have to say like, I can't do it because of, like, it may just be we're on vacation. Like, hey, I don't expect you to change your date, but I, we're going to be on vacation. So I can't do your wedding. Here is a list of a couple people that would. It may be on other pastors or, or church staff members. It might be a denominational person. It might be somebody else in the area. It might be somebody even in your church that you know is a retired uh, minister that would be willing to step in. So, like, you, But you need to have a list of names to give to them uh, just on personal preferences. And then what you're, uh, you need to know what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. So like, I'm willing to officiate the the wedding. I'm not willing to like do this adventurous like whatever. Like if they're doing a like for me, if they're doing like a bungee jump officiating, I'm supposed to do that. I'd probably be like, you need to find somebody else that'll bungee jump with you. Like something crazy like that, right? Like, uh, what are you willing to do? What are you not willing to do? When you're meeting with the couple. There's a few things that you need to walk uh, walk through with them. So uh, first thing is premarital counseling. Have some game plan. I already covered that. You want to find out what their love story is. How did they meet? Uh, what drew them together? Uh, were other key individuals involved? Like, what's the story? You may not share the story in the ceremony, but it lets you have a feel for, like, what they're all about. Is there humor with it? it like, can you... Is there an inside joke? Is there like you can you can get a feel for that by hearing their love story? So you want to know that. What are their personalities? So if you don't know them really well, you want to get a feel for like, are they serious? Are they easygoing? Uh, do they uh, are they adventurous? Like do they are they spontaneous? You know, or do they want every detail put together? Like they want to know because you're gonna to want to know that. Because if they're very, very analytical, detailed, like we want to know everything, or if they have a wedding coordinator that wants all of that, you're probably going to have to prep, prepare uh, a little bit earlier than you might to give it to them early. If they're more spontaneous, you have to expect that the day of the wedding, it may not go exactly how you had heard because they may be like, you know what, we're just going to try this now and we're going to, let's just do this. And it may even be in pictures where they're like, oh, let's do this in the And so times may not be hit. You just got to know the personality of the people. So when you get into it, you have an idea of what you're expecting. Uh, I always ask the couple what their story with Jesus is. So like, how did they come to know Jesus as their savior? Um, the reason I do this is I have buried too many spouses. And when I talk to the living spouse, the spouse who's still alive and with us, too often they don't know the story. And so I always take it at the front end. For them to tell each other their story with Jesus. So at least I know in 65 years, you know, when one of them passes away, 
I did what I could to help that conversation happen where they couldn't go, well, I've never actually heard it. I wanted them to hear it from the very beginning or even before the beginning. So I intentionally do that. It helps me know it, but I am specifically, I'm having them tell each other is what I'm actually doing in that moment. Um, <clears throat> what's the tone and atmosphere that they're looking for with this wedding reception? Are they looking for a traditional atmosphere, a traditional tone? Do they want uh, do they want to avoid traditional at all costs? Like, you got to know that so that you have an idea of what you're preparing. If you walk in expecting traditional and they're they're in like jeans and a t-shirt or they're in like uh, home and away football jerseys, like you got to go, whoa, I wasn't ready for Like, you have to have some idea of what they're trying to do on a traditional or, or non-traditional level. And then that may decide even on your preferences if you can be a part of it or not, or like, do you feel comfortable with it? Or is it a little bit too outside of your comfort zone? You got to assess some of those things. What will the venue look like? You know, if it's, if it's a large venue, but there's a small amount of people, you just have to, at least you're visibly ready for that. Um, is there going to be microphones? Is there, or do I need to project my voice? Like you need to be ready for those things. Um, one question that I ask is, uh, do you want me looking out at the audience and you looking at each other in front of me? Or do you want me like down at the bottom of the stairs where you're looking out at the audience and I'm just looking past you and the audience is behind me? I, I tend to ask that because sometimes when the couple thinks about that, they're like, you know what? We do want everybody to be able to see our facial reactions and nobody cares what my facial reaction is. And so sometimes they can and on a photography level, sometimes they just get better pictures when the pastor's not in the way and not in the picture. Um, so you want to know those types of things. What is the audience going to look like? Is it just family? Is it intimate? Is it like close friends? Is it a bunch of people? Is it everybody and their brother? Like, is it hundreds and hundreds? Is it dozens? Like, it doesn't really matter, but you want to have an idea just so you can anticipate what the scene looks like as you're preparing. Uh, what's the dress code? What colors? You know, that's very important. What colors are they using? And then the reason why this is important, not necessarily so that you match it. The idea isn't that you would match their colors. The idea is that you don't want to clash with their colors, right? So um, I, tend to, I tend to show them this is the suit that I'll wear. Uh, is a black tie okay? Is a white tie okay? Is like uh, if it's red, like I have a bunch of red ties, um, but if it's a weird color, like I may not have that. And so do you want me to match? Do you want me to to have the same tie? Like you got to ask those types of questions um, so that, and I would do all this right up front when you're meeting with the couple um, and, and just take care of that. Another thing you need to do when you're meeting with the couple is uh, if you are expecting compensation, you need to bring it up right there okay you need to bring it up right there with them in the initial conversation uh too often i don't maybe maybe you know this maybe you don't but uh people don't tend to think about uh compensating the officiant like they do at funerals uh the funeral director tends to take care of the officiant with a, with a um officiating a funeral in the wedding Generally, the venue doesn't care what's happening. They just care if you're at the venue. They may add a wedding planner, but generally they're not, they're concerned about who's officiating it. They're not necessarily concerned about if they're receiving compensation. And I would say that most people do not ever even think about compensating the officiant. 
whether you, I don't know whether you, that's shocking you or it makes sense or whatever, but if you expect to be compensated, you need to bring that up in that initial conversation with the couple. Like they need to know that right out of the gate because they may be uh, like, they may be strapped for money. Like they may be like, okay, we can do it with this budget and they did not factor in any compensation. And so if you bring that up and you are expecting it, they need to know that from the beginning as they're budgeting everything, okay? Um, and so, and I would have some sort of form to give them. Like if of your preferences, this is what I would expect from me. And then you just put in a line that just says something like uh, uh, for officiating uh, a wedding uh, ceremony, my fee is whatever, $50, $100, $150, whatever, whatever you tend to give. I think I've heard several people bring up $150. That seems like a good round number. It probably will depend on how many hours you see putting into it, how that would shift. But I would say if you're going over... $150, $200, like you better, you better be doing something that's not traditional. <laughs> like if it's traditional, uh, that's, that's probably doable right in that realm. Um, but you need to bring it up. How I tend, I'll just tell you my personal preference. I, uh, if, if I don't really know them, if they don't, aren't really a part of our church or they're not really super involved, I probably will put in a fee. Or if I have a lot of weddings, I may just say like, Hey, I, it's, it's a time crunch, but if you can handle this fee, I at least feel like it was worth it. Um, but for me, uh, if they are a leader within my church, I tend to not even bring it up. If they compensate me, fine, but I don't bring it up because I value them as a leader and I, I view doing it because they are a leader. And so um, sometimes they compensate me and it's awesome. And sometimes they don't, and I just kind of go, whatever. Uh, I appreciate that they're willing to lead within my church. That's a decision that I've made. Uh, but you can decide whatever you want to do with that. Let's move on to um, the wedding coordinator. Uh, if they have a wedding coordinator, especially if they're good, that is a major asset to you. Make sure that you are connecting with the wedding coordinator or getting the information uh, like through them from the wedding coordinator, I'm getting ready to do a wedding and they have an incredible wedding coordinator that has every detail in one document. I can literally look up addresses, times, places, who's doing what, like I've got more information than I need because they are incredibly detailed, but it lets me know where everything's at, whatever, how everything's happening. Uh, they even, this wedding coordinator even had an order of service. So I even know how long I have for each order of service uh, to get done, which is to me, that's very beneficial. If I know, Hey, I've only got, they gave me 15 minutes. I'm okay with that. Like I give me the timer, I'll hit it. Let's move on with life. So uh, if they have a wedding coordinator and it's a good one, it's awesome. If they're not good, you may have to navigate <laughs> cautiously. Remember that day is not about you. It's about the couple. And we don't need to add stress to them. Uh, we want to navigate as, as uh, smoothly as we can with uh, whatever we're given to navigate with. Sometimes a venue will provide a wedding coordinator. Sometimes they don't. Just pay attention to that. If there is no wedding coordinator, you at least need to know this. You need to know all the times of everything uh, that you were expected to be at. So that could be the, the rehearsal dinner. Uh, that could be 
the wedding, that could be the reception, and you need to know your role. So at the wedding rehearsal, is somebody walking everybody through what's supposed to happen, or are you expecting me to do that? Now, there's been plenty of times where uh, they've expected me to do it, other times where they did not, and the person that was supposed to do it didn't show up for some reason, got sick, couldn't make it, running late, whatever, and we just had to go, and so I had to step in. So you still need to be prepared that you may need to walk them through the order of service. How are people walking in? How are they going out? All that stuff. You need to be ready for that. Um, where do they expect you to be? Get the addresses, too. Like, you can go, oh, I know where that's at, and then go there, and it's like, wait a minute, there's two of those, and you went to the wrong place. Get the address so you know you went to the right place. And uh, and then are they expecting you to be in pictures, not in pictures? Are they like all those things? You want to know that. Do they already have an order of service? Like, have they thought through it? If they haven't, you need to help them navigate that. Like, this is a traditional way to navigate it. And you walk them through that. And it you can see if they haven't, if they're stressed because they're like, I don't even know how to come up with this. And then you just start slowly walking them through that. You can see them calm down and kind of go, oh, okay, that was pretty easy. But it may be up to you to help uh, them think through that, especially if they don't have a wedding coordinator. Um, if you do a traditional ceremony, um, oh, one, one other thing, photographer. Uh, almost everybody has a photographer or videographer, maybe both at this point. You want to at least have a touch point. Um, if they're a really good wedding coordinator, you may already know this. But if if uh, if this hasn't happened, you at least want to have a, a conversation with the photographer to be able to go, hey, what type of shots are you trying to get? Is there are there any shots you're trying to get when everything's live where you want to make sure I'm not in the picture? So that may just be like so I've had a photographer tell me one time, hey, when you say you can kiss your bride, can you take two big steps to your left? So when I take the picture, I miss you. And, and I've done that where I'm like, I'll write it in my notes for the ceremony. Move to the left, like big letters, move to the left. And I take two steps to the left. I'm out of the shot. They get an awesome live picture of the kiss and we move on with life. You want to know those things with the photographer and have that knowledge beforehand. Don't don't see them trying to take a picture. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm in, I'm in this. Like, do they want me in it? Just move out. Um. Okay, so if you do a traditional ceremony, I'm just going to walk you quickly through what a traditional ceremony tends to look like. For me, this is about 15 minutes, maybe 20 if I know the couple really, really well, and I can share many more stories. Uh, it, it might push to more like a 20 minutes, but it's ten, it tends to be about 15. The entire ceremony for me tends to be about 30 minutes, and that includes walking in, walking out, all of those types of things. Uh, maybe that seems short to you. Some people want like an entire full-blown worship service. That's fine. That's just not traditional. Uh, traditional tends to be about 30 minutes with everything involved. Um, and then it's going to depend on how many songs they have. So like if they have somebody singing a song in the wedding, if they have another song for the unity part, if they have like if there's more songs equal more time. So you just have to factor that in. And I tend to, when I meet with the couple, and I walk through like an order of a rough traditional order of service. I tend to tell them I'll probably go 15. This seems like a 30 minute service. Does that sound accurate to to you? And sometimes they're like, oh, I thought it would be longer. And, and so it's like, well, if you add more music, it could be. If you want me to add a little bit more, we have to 
spend more time talking about that. Uh, and sometimes they're just like, most of the time, they're just like, yeah, whatever. That sounds great because they're not there for some hour-long ceremony. They're there to uh, have a lot of fun with friends and family, tie the knot, and move on to the honeymoon. That's why they're there. <laughs> so, um, Okay, so the, the traditional ceremony tends to look like this. You can pretty much do a Google search and find this. This is not hard to find. It's pretty basic, but it would go like this processional so <clears throat> are there going to be ushers like are people do you have ushers to usher people in have the ushers been told how they're ushering people in is do do you know which side is the bride side and which side's the groom side do you like those conversations uh you can have and if there's a wedding coordinator they tend to already have that conversation and it gets taken care of in the rehearsal as well uh in the rehearsal you just you're just walking through all of this uh, you're not doing it word for word. You're just kind of going, and this is where we'll do this. And this is where we'll do this. And then this is where you walk in. And this is when your dad walks you down the aisle and those types of things. So processional. How many families need to be set? So how many family members, you know, how, how many grandparents, great-grandparents, parents, like uh, if is, is there divorce in the family? Do you want them sitting next to each other? Do you want them on different rows? Do you want them, like, how do you, how do you see this coming together? Because family uh, all wants to be there to celebrate with you, but there can be dynamics within family. So how are we doing this? Like how how is everybody coming in? And then who's walking the bride down the aisle? It's traditionally, it's the dad. Uh, it could be a stepdad. Uh, I had one where it was a grandfather. I had another one where the grandfather actually walked the bride to the dad in the back, and then the grandfather had to be seated, and then the dad walked it down. It was kind of a cool moment to see the lineage kind of all happened right there. I thought that was a, a nice moment. And then I, uh, when they get to the front, I'll do the opening remarks. So who gives this woman to this man? Proper responses, her mother and I, if that's accurate, you got to figure out how that's gonna, how those lines are going to land, if they even want it. Sometimes they don't, that's fine. And then I'll welcome everybody. I'll talk about the couple's love story, like how did we get to this point? If they have a passage of scripture that's very personal to them, I'll try to include it and tie it into this uh, area of the service. Um, and then um, I'll kind of close whatever that looks like. I'll move on to the vows. Uh, and so traditional vows, we've all heard them hundreds and hundreds of times. So I'll move on to the vows, have them say them to each other. You can have that conversation if they're going to go like line by line, if they're going to say it all. I had some people that they, they wanted everything traditional, but they wanted to write their own vows. That's fine as well. Uh, I had people that did private vows, but publicly they wanted to do the normal traditional ones. Like it, it's pretty cool seeing how people navigate this. And then we do the rings. Make sure, personal experience here, make sure they have the rings. <laughs> um, yes, that's happened. We've been up there and we did not have all the rings. The, the best man thought he had them. The ring bearer thought he had them. Uh, but when we opened the box, uh, it wasn't there. So uh, make sure that they actually have the rings. And, and then this would be where you do the rings, put on the left hand of the ring finger, walk through that in the rehearsal as well, because when you're up there and it's backwards and like you want the, they're going to be nervous in front of people or excited or whatever. There's a lot of emotions happening. You want to make sure that they've already practiced which hand they're grabbing and putting the uh, the finger on which finger. Uh, then I will do a, like a blessing on the couple, and then I'll pray over the couple in their marriage. Um, then after this tends to come the unity ceremony. Uh, so this tends to be 
uh, a candle. Uh, I've seen sand where they pour the sand together. I saw one, so I'm just going to throw this out there because I thought it was such a cool idea where it was uh, it was step step family coming together. So there were kids on one side, and, and now this man and woman are coming together. They didn't want to leave the kids out because the kids are kind of a part of this. I thought it was really neat. And they, they uh, custom made a puzzle, and they, like, put the puzzle together. They even gave the, a piece of the puzzle to the kids where it's like, we are a family now. I thought that was a mind-blowing, incredible idea. I share that idea with pretty much anybody that has kids uh, connected to it because it's just a fascinating uh, way to connect it all. And then they put it in a frame, and they they hung it up in their house. It's really cool. I've had somebody do a branding where they branded like a cowhide together. Uh, it was really cool for them. Uh, they tend to be more of like a farmer type of family. And uh, and it was a really neat idea. And so there's all kinds of things that could happen here. So you can just help them navigate it. And sometimes they're like, I don't really want to do a candle. And these are some ideas that you can give about possibilities of other things. With the music, okay, so generally at least around the unity portion, there's music happening. So when there's music happening, is there going to be people singing? Is there going to be people playing instruments? Is it instrumental only? Like you want to know those things because you want to know like how long is it going to take? Um, do we have to wait for them to come up? Because especially if you're trying to hit certain times for whatever reason, you want to have an idea of how long this could possibly take because you may have to shorten some of what you're doing or lengthen some of what you're doing because of some of that. Uh, so how many songs are they going to have? Is there multiple places in the ceremony? Is there just at the unity candle? Uh, what are they doing? After you come out of the unity uh, ceremony, you got the charge to the couple. So this is where I'll challenge them um, in their marriage. So I bless them. Now it's a charge like this. Go get them. Like do this in unity. And then I will do the pronouncement of marriage. I will tell them you can kiss your bride. And then I'll do a closing remarks of, the introduction to the audience, uh, I, I present to you Mr. and Mrs., whatever their last name is. And then they're, as they all leave and you, you do the recessional, uh, I want to know what happens next for me. So sometimes I just walk off and somebody else takes care of it. Sometimes the, uh, like they're just going to have the ushers that come out and do whatever. Other times I've had to let them know what's happening next. So I have one coming up here where... Uh, they don't have ushers. Um, literally, as they leave, they're not even going to have a receiving line. I'm going to communicate how they're doing the receiving line, and, and I'm communicating those details after the music plays. They leave. I'm now communicating and letting people know what happens next. And so you just want to know those details, like what is going on from here. And then when you get to the reception, what is your role? It might be they ask you to pray for the meal. It might be nothing. It might be just interacting with people and uh, making sure that people are having a good time at it. And, um, you know, those types, it might be as simple as that. But one thing that you have to make sure of before you leave is taking care of the marriage license, okay? This might be an initial conversation. Some couples don't understand that it is, it is on them. They have to go get the marriage license. They have to go turn it in. Like you, you need to know that. Uh, and so this is part of the legalities. There's, there's several, uh, legal issues happening around a marriage. And one of them is that they've got to go let their 
county clerk or whatever, wherever they're getting married, they got to let them know this is what's happening. Uh, and so you got to take care of those details. Um, usually the clerk, so whether it's a county clerk or city clerk or whatever, the, usually the clerk's office has a diagram of what gets signed where and they have numbers and stuff because it can be confusing. And so you just want to follow that. This is where we put the date. This is where we put location. This is where we put names. This is where we sign our name. This is what I write for what my title is. All those things should be on the diagram that they give you. You just want to make sure that all that is done where when you put it back in the envelope and hand it back to them, they have done all the things on that list. Okay, so like that's the ending goal of yours. On the legal side too, uh, you do want to know. So what is the requirements for your state? What is the requirements for the state that you are doing the wedding in? Like, do you have to be specifically licensed? Do you have to, like, you got to know some of those details. Uh, I know one state, <laughs> I, it's comical to me, but uh, one state that I know of is um, uh, all all that has to happen is the couple that you are marrying just has to believe you have done everything legally. And so, like, you don't have to actually do anything other than convince them that you can do it. And as long as they believe it, you're good. <laughs> it's weird to me, but that is, I, I looked that up before. I've done weddings in other states where I, I was like, I can't, I can't officially do it. We need to include somebody else to get there. So you just got to know the legalities around it, too, because it is a federal legal document that you are taking care of. And because they're moving forward as one, not two. And so they are letting everyone know that. I hope this was helpful. Um, I know it's a lot of information, but when you're walking through trying to prepare for a wedding, um, some of these things, it can just be helpful to just ha know that other people have had this thought. You can quickly put something together. Don't overcomplicate it. Keep it simple. It doesn't have to be the world's best wedding. You care about the couple, and so you want to do a good job. But... It doesn't have to be the most mind-blowing thing every time. Keep it simple. Keep it focused on them. Keep it focused on Jesus and have a blast doing it. Have a blast celebrating with them. I hope this was helpful for you. Uh, thank you so much for checking out this podcast, being a part of it. This has been a crazy wild uh, year of this podcast. It's been fun to see uh, the conversations we've been able to have, and I hope uh, that you've enjoyed this first year. Uh, I hope to have a review in our next episode, and then we'll get after it in year number two in 2024. Hope to see you then.